Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cracking Addiction with Philippe and Naren and Fergal Armstrong. In the episode of Cracking Addiction today, we're going to be talking about the vexed issue of takeaway doses of methadone and suboxone. So, takeaway doses are a, uh, a privilege that is given to patients after they've had a period of stability on opioid substitution therapy. And it's also one of those, Fergal, I guess, bones of contention that we frequently have to deal with in both granting and sometimes removing takeaway doses. And it can sometimes strain the doctor-patient relationship. Would you, would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, um, I certainly would. I'm just reflecting on all of the arguments and fights I've had with patients regarding takeaways. So, you know, what, what basically happens when we start someone on opioid replacement therapy, be it methadone or buprenorphine, we, we, we have to have a minimum time when they have to go to the chemist every day perhaps except, you know, Saturdays when, or Saturdays or Sundays are public holidays when the chemist is shut. But every day the chemist is open, they have to go to get dosed. Now, there are pros and cons with daily pickup. Well, that's called daily pickup. There are pros and cons with it. So the, the, the pros are basically it allows a, a level, an intense level of monitoring of the patient. So you've got an intensity of supervision that you wouldn't get in any other clinical context. Every day, the patient has to front up to a pharmacist who has to make some form of assessment of whether or not the patient is suitable for that dose before the dose is given. And then the, 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 if it's a consumer on-premises issue, then the pharmacist will supervise the patient getting the dose. And apart from directly observed therapy for a TB, I don't think there's any other, I don't think there's any other therapeutic intervention that we have in medicine provides such a level of intensive supervision. So I very much see takeaway doses as a therapeutic intervention, a positive therapeutic intervention that facilitates safety and facilitates stability. Some patients, on the other hand, see it as punitive. Would you care to comment on that, Philippe? The punitive aspect from a patient's perspective is when the patient is denied a takeaway or has their takeaways reduced, thereby necessitating them going to the pharmacy more frequently than they otherwise were. Uh, I, I often hear terms of being chained to the pharmacy, can't live my life the way I want to. And in to be fair to the patient, there, there's certainly an element of truth to that. Being forced to go to a pharmacy every single day does require a level of foresight for planning and will impact what you can do for the rest of the day, particularly because methadone and suboxone scripts are not scripts that can be filled out at any pharmacy. Each of our patients on, on opioid substitution therapy has a dedicated pharmacy which they can attend and that is the only pharmacy they can attend. So people do view that as um, as, as punishment when, when they are not given takeaway doses or, for instance, when those takeaway doses are removed, thereby impacting their lifestyle. And I've frequently heard terms such as liquid handcuffs to, 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 to determine the, the opioid substitution regimen yeah. and the fact that takeaway doses are, are removed. And I'm sure you've heard that term as well, Fergal. Yeah, yeah. Liquid handcuffs is a term I've heard. And I, I have a, a, a moderate amount of sympathy for that because it, it is, you know, it does actually affect your life. You know, having to go to the same chemist every day, you can't make any other plans. You can't go away for the weekend. You can't go a little jaunt to the beach because, you know, if you've got to be at the pharmacy by 10 o'clock, you can't go to the beach until 11 o'clock and then you've missed the bus or you've missed your friends who are all going at 6 in the morning. 
you know, so it, it is somewhat limiting. Um, and so you have to balance that liquid handcuffs limiting effect with the fact that it is a therapeutic intervention aimed at improving safety and improving stability. So a part of me, the reason why I didn't say I don't wholly sympathize with patients in this regard is part of me thinks, well, you're unstable. You are probably still going to be using drugs. So I don't really have any sympathy for you if what you want to do for the rest of the day is actually go and chase drugs. You're probably in the early phases of, phases of recovery, not in paid employment or even voluntary work. You're probably not working. So, you know, I think I think I think I take the view that I think it's more important to focus on personal recovery than it is to focus on the impediment to lifestyle. I, well, I, maybe I'm being too harsh. What do you think? I think it's a delicate balance. And, and I think we have to balance both and I think this is the, the case with any doctor-patient relationship. You've got to ba balance the doctor's requirements and the needs versus the patient's requirements and the needs. So speaking from the prescriber or the doctor's point of view, I think the main thing we're worried about is safety and also that the thing that we're prescribing, which has harms of, of in and of itself, does not cause further harms to a patient who is mm -hmm. using other substances and possibly other opioids. The opioid substitution that we prescribe, so methadone and buprenorphine, we know these are strong opioids with high OMEDs with really long half-lives. You can die on these medications. And sometimes even when you take them as prescribed, and I'm sure you've seen some of the coroner's cases where people have been inducted on, say, even 40 milligrams of, of methadone, there have been coroner's cases where a patient has taken the medication as prescribed and still died. So these are not uh, Tic Tacs. These are, not, these are medications that can kill you. So that period of direct observe, observation is there and it exists for both the patient safety but also prescriber confidence. However, from a patient perspective, I can certainly empathise with the fact that there are certainly patients who have prescribed high-dose prescription opioids that are not opioid substitution therapy who get the whole bucket of them. And, and, and in one shot. And this is the case with, with methadone, whereas with liquid methadone, when we induct someone on liquid methadone, that's daily collection. For tablet methadone, you can get up to 200 tablets of tablet methadone with no restrictions. And that's for when it's, when it's deemed for chronic pain. But when you've got an opioid use disorder, you're treated differently. And also, I guess from the patient point of view, and I've certainly seen this myself, where Patients get stigmatized going to the pharmacy. They're forced to stand in a corner. They're forced to take their medications with other people watching them. No other patient, or no other consumer in a pharmacy is treated in such a manner. So it is stigmatizing. It is disempowering. And we're talking about people who are already quite marginalized and we're forcing them to undertake a program where they're, they are probably more at risk of being stigmatized and looked down on by their fellow man. And it may impact treatment retention all those hurdles we're giving the patient to kind of jump through to be on opioid substitution therapy for a medication, which is also not on the PBS, where they're also paying dispensing fees as well on top of all of this, it, it it's one of those delicate balances. So I think I'm, I'm certainly mindful of my discomfort in certain situations and and my concerns about safety, but I also do try and mitigate some of the patient concerns as well in these situations because... Patients certainly do have valid concerns when they're worried about takeaway doses or requesting takeaway doses. Um, but speaking on that, Fergal, 
there are checklists, aren't there, as to who who, yeah. who would be suitable for, for takeaway doses. And and there are risk stratifications as well of low, moderate, and high risk. Would you would you care to talk about talk about some of those? Yeah. So I I reiterate your first point that takeaway doses, and by that I mean, let's just clarify what we mean by takeaway doses. So the pharmacist gives you two or three days supply or even a week supply, or in the case of buprenorphine in the context of COVID, sometimes even a month's supply of medication for you to administer daily at home, unsupervised. And that's the key thing. So that's what a takeaway dose is. And I reiterate the point that you made that it's not a right. You have to, when you're thinking about the risk assessment for takeaway doses, you have to consider the clinical need. There has to be a good reason why you, why you should be given the takeaway doses, and you have to have the absence of either absolute or relative contraindications. Right? Now, various states in Australia have various rules around this. So I'm going to speak now predominantly about the Victoria, Victorian regulations. The absolute contraindications to um, takeaway doses is any of the pre- is the presence of any of the following in the previous three months. So overdose, diversion, suicide, or harm. So if you've indulged in self-harm in the previous three months, if you've had an overdose reaction in the previous three months, if you've, uh, you know, if there's any evidence of diversion in the last three months, or if there's any evidence of you having tried to kill yourself in the last three months, then that is an absolute contraindication to takeaways. Now, interestingly, use on top is not an absolute contraindication to takeaway doses under the Victorian guidelines. What would you, how would you respond to that statement? I think we expect, or I certainly expect uh, a lot of my patients, particularly at the start of opioid substitution therapy, to be using on top. And we know that patients periodically or episodically will will use on top again. I don't think it should be a relative, um, I don't think it should be a contraindication, to be honest. Um, I'm, I'm kind of comfortable. It, it is a relative contraindication, yeah. so but it's not an, yeah, absolute. an absolute contraindication. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the fact that there's leeway for clinicians to engage with patients with regards to this. Just because if it was an absolute contraindication and you've got someone who's on a large amount of takeaways and then by definition we find out there's use on top and you take away all those um, those takeaways and then force them to go to the pharmacy every day, I think you you run the risk of losing this patient to treatment and then their use on top becomes their only use. So I think the fact that um, you have that leeway to to engage or discuss with the patient about why they might be using on top? Is the dose sufficient? Is there anything else that we can do to meet your needs? Provides both prescriber and 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 patient with, I guess, the room to engage in dialogue and try and forge, I guess, that that therapeutic relationship together. So I'm I'm kind of comfortable with 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 it in that respect. Yeah. So I mean, this is this is perhaps where you and I might differ. So for me, it's a relative indi- contraindication, and I would not be so. It's nonetheless, in, it's nonetheless a red flag. Um, I would be very uncomfortable giving someone, you know, four takeaways of methadone a week if they were using on top. Um, I think it's important to emphasize that use on top should not mean that the patient gets thrown off the program. 
that really is awful. And I, and I have seen that. Uh, but I think it is, it's more an indication to review the therapeutic need. Thera and, you know, is this the right dose for you? Do we need to actually increase the dose? But I would, in that actual situation, reduce takeaways quite dramatically, possibly even down to dailies. However, and this is an interesting question. If someone's on, now before COVID, the, 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 in Victoria at least, the maximum takeaways you would get was four a week, right? For, for methadone, so we should say. For, four yeah, for methadone, for methadone and yeah. six for suboxone. Six for suboxone a week, four for methadone a week. So you had to go to the chemist once, once a week for your suboxone and three times a week for your methadone. And that's a pain in the neck because the previous guidelines to the last guidelines allowed you to have six takeaways of methadone as well. Or maybe it was five. I can't remember. It was five or six. Anyway, dropping down to, to four takeaways means you can't have an entire week without going to the pharmacist during the business week. Anyway, here's a question for you, right? Here's a, here's a scenario. You've got someone on large takeaways of methadone, four, four a week, five a week, six a week, six a week, whatever. You, you realize for whatever reason that, they're, you, that they're, they're not stable and you decide to cut their takeaways. And then they start going to the chemist every day and they're on 100 milligrams of methadone. And so they drop from six a week to daily pickup and they're taking their 100 milligrams of methadone, day one, fine, day two, fine, day three, fine. This, this happened to a colleague of mine in South Wales. They were dead on day four. Because what had happened was they were actually diverting their methadone. They were selling their methadone to feed their heroin habit, and they weren't actually tolerant to the methadone that we thought they were, they were tolerant to. And so when they suddenly were exposed to the requirement to consume 100 milligrams of methadone a day, they, they dropped dead at day four. And so my question then is, if you're going to move someone from weekly pickup to daily pickup, what do you do with a dose in the circumstances where you cannot be sure of their tolerance? If you're not sure of their tolerance, then I think you've got to go to a dose where you're, you're sufficiently happy that you're not going to cause any harms. So I guess in this scenario, you, if you're not sure of tolerance, and this is the same if people discontinue treatment or have missed four, four or more days of opioid substitution therapy, then you, you re-induct in, in some situations as well. So if I'm not sure of tolerance, I'd go to a dose where I'd be happy that the patient is not going to be at risk of dropping dead from uh, opioid toxicity. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that is a concern. So bear in mind if you're going to rapidly, if you're going to cease takeaways and put someone on a daily pickup, if you're not sure of tolerance, you have to reduce the dose. So, I mean, I had a case case recently where I had to bring the bring bring the dose from six takeaways a week to daily pickup of a patient's methadone, and that's not because I thought they were using on top because they previously they'd given clean urines, it's but they refused or they they were they were obstructing their own healthcare because they were refusing to engage in the process of having to do an ECG. And so they were on 110 milligrams of methadone. And I said, well, you need an ECG. This patient had been told frequently over a period of six months, you need an ECG, and still hadn't given us an ECG. So I said, well, look, this is not a safety issue. Your takeaways are being removed until you get an ECG. But I did not reduce the dose because it wasn't, I wasn't reducing the dose because of uh, aberrancy or because of, of uh, you know, use on top or, you know, as evidenced by the negative urine screens, I was... I was reducing the takeaways to basically as a stick to say, 
you need to play ball or we need an ECG out of you. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason why you might want to alter the takeaway regime. What's what's your take on that? I try and I try and keep things going as as much as possible in status quo unless there's a reason for me to remove a takeaway, um, and that could be uh, for a variety of different reasons. Uh, one could be any of the contraindications or the absolute contraindications you have just declared. That's when safety starts entering the the field, and you have to be safe. And that's the the hallmark of all of our epi- all of our episodes have been. You've got to guarantee safety. The other the other con- the other concerns could also be c- risks of polypharmacy. And I certainly have removed takeaways in situations where um, the patients combination of medications so that is the medication with some non-prescribed medications uh often it's say non-prescribed benzodiazepines has me concerned about um sedation respiratory depression where i'm not necessarily happy about certain combinations of medications and then from a safety point of view um and uh i will remove some takeaways as well i guess the other question as well is um What's your view about safe storage of of, of, of methadone? Because if I cannot yeah. guarantee safe storage, I will not give takeaways either. Sorry, that was the S. I said suicide was the S. It's actually storage. So let's go back to the mnemonic. Harm or suicide, uh, overdose, diversion, or storage, the lack thereof. Yeah. A lack of storage is an absolute contraindication. Sorry, a lack of appropriately safe and secure storage of takeaway doses is an absolute contraindication to takeaways in my book. Um, you know, young children have died because they've drunk the green pop juice that the parents hide in the fridge. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have a kid that, that drinks 20 to 30 mils of methadone. That kid is dead, basically, you know, and that has actually happened. Indeed, it has. Yeah. Are there any other indications you'd possibly remove a takeaway dose, Fergal, or be concerned about? So polypharmacy, safety, poor engagement, um, use on top. Look, uh, I mean, you know, I, there's the, the list of relative contraindications is quite long and I just, off the top of my head, I can't remember them, but I suppose it's it's more about developing a gut feeling for safety. Indeed, it is. And, yeah. I, th- and I think in this episode of Cracking Addiction, we, we've tried to lay on the complexities of the, of the takeaway regimen. There are issues, I guess, from both the prescriber and the patient point of view. And sometimes these these demands or these requirements of each of us are are slightly different. I guess from a prescriber point of view, you're trying to guarantee safety, but maintain engagement. And I think from a patient point of view, you have people who are trying to engage in in a, a program that will provide them stability um, for their opioid use disorder and and getting them to re-engage back with the, with the medical field and and medical care and society as in whole as a general. So there's a lot of complexity in it. It may be a seemingly easy kind of process, but there's a lot of underlying subtext and complexity. And I hope in this episode of Cracking Addiction, Fergal and I have kind of explained uh, as best we can the minefield that is that is takeaway doses of opioid substitution therapy. So I guess I'd like to thank you all for your attention on this episode of Cracking Addiction. Please do remember to like and subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast. And Bye for now.